0: I'm thankful for the standard Brother Michael talked about that. I had the, the, the benefit of watching that, uh, that sermon on your, uh, your YouTube, your recording of that, and I, I enjoyed that study. I'm thankful that God's given us his word, that He said it wouldn't pass away that heaven and earth would pass away, but his word wouldn't. I'm thankful that Jesus told us that on the last day that his word Would be the standard. And so we know what the standard is and that it's going to remain and it's going to abide. I'm thankful that we have accountability for one another. The Apostle Paul told the Romans, I believe, that they were filled with goodness and able to admonish one another, that they could counsel each other, that they could hold each other accountable to that standard of God's Word. I'm thankful for mentorship and that that's going on, that it has been, that I've had those individuals in my life. And I want to tell you this morning that I'm thankful for leadership very much, and I'm thankful for the opportunity, uh, the task that that I had to, to sit out and study about this and to talk about why I'm thankful for leadership, why that you should be thankful for leadership. My goal this morning is to... Stir up your mind by way of remembrance how thankful that you ought to be for leadership. If you know these things, perhaps you may learn some new things this morning. I hope that you will be convicted from God's Word to be more grateful for leadership and all the areas of leadership where our Heavenly Father has provided it. I hope that I will encourage you to be a better leader. It's a lot easier to follow a good leader than it is a poor leader. Whatever area of life that we talk about, this morning i want you to understand that we're going to talk about god's ideal standards and the leadership roles that he's put in place and sometimes leaders fail to step up in those role sometimes in the home there's not an individual leading like god intends for it to be led and someone else has to to step up into that role and i'm thankful for individuals who will say i will do what needs to be done and who will take the lead where the lead needs to be taken, where someone else has shirked a responsibility. And so, leadership is such a great blessing. It's a gift that Christ has given to the church, and we're, uh, we're explaining that in the scripture. So, this morning, I hope that you will join me as we talk about uh, this great gift of leadership. If you've got a Bible, turn, you might turn to Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 36. A little picture, I know how much Ty likes pictures. <laughs> you might understand me a little bit better this morning. I'm going to tell you one of my early childhood memories. We got some pet bunny rabbits. Didn't have a great deal growing up, a lot of extra things, but I specifically remember an instance where Dad bought some little bunny rabbits, and that we had pets, and I remember kind of chasing those bunny rabbits around, and I remember... One day coming home from school to no more bunny rabbits and lots of little fur balls out in the yard. And the neighbor's dogs had gotten loose and nobody was around and long story short, no no more bunnies. I remember being, "Eh, you win some, you lose some. It was a good while it lasted. It was kind of my, I've never been a real big animal person, worked on a ranch. I, I like beef. And so I kind of, you know, this is the circle of life. This is dogs do what dogs do, right? Remember what upset me the most about that was my little sister was devastated. She was absolutely devastated to see that sight. It was horrific to her. And that bothered me. (laughs) That bothered me. And the reason I talk about this particular instance is because when I think about why I'm so thankful for leadership, I've been blessed with the opportunity to travel from, from one coast to another, even to the, to the other side of the world, and, and, and be blessed to labor in the Lord's uh, vineyard. And I've seen many instances where there was no leadership, where labor was done, where there was a group of Christians and there was nobody there. And you come back after a little while of being gone. And there's just carnage like that. And there's devastation that comes along with that. And that's the reality of what makes me so thankful for leadership. And we'll talk about it this morning. I hope that you'll be grateful and thankful to it. Jesus, as He went about teaching and preaching, He was moved with compassion because He looked at the people and they fainted, they got weary, and they gave up. And they were scattered. Like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And we ought to understand how thankful sheep ought to be for shepherds. In first Peter chapter five, verse number eight, the Bible says that we need to be sober, that we need to be vigilant, that's like King James for watchful, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You have an adversary. And if you have somebody that's looking out for you, anywhere that there's a godly leader, I'm thankful for that taking place. I think back to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 34 through 37, if you turn over there, if you remember the story of David and Goliath. And I remember David essentially presenting his resume to to King Saul as Goliath stands there challenging the children of Israel and he his resume is, I'm a shepherd boy. But when I was a shepherd boy, I I fought a lion. I fought a bear. No, oh, that's a pretty impressive resume. Not only did he fight a lion and fight a bear, he won those fights. But he also had the humility, he also recognized that it was the Lord that won those fights for him. And because he had the Lord with him, because he had God's blessing in his life, he was victorious in that. And he said it was that same God that would deliver this Philistine into his hands. That he would go and he would fight. Why why on earth would you fight a lion? Why would you fight a bear for a lamb? For a sheep, it's a circle of life. You win some, you lose some, right? Because he was a leader. Because he was a leader. And you know what? Think about that. Every age group, wherever you're at this morning, his job was the lowliest of low jobs. That's how everybody looked at it. That wasn't the cool job to have. That wasn't the job that anybody wanted. He got it because he was the runt and he was the little guy. Hey, we've got him. the grown-ups have important work to do. Go take care of the sheep. But he did it with purpose, with duty. And guess what? Guess who became the leader of the children of Israel? It matters, young people. Do the tasks that you have to do with diligence, with concern. Learn hard work. Learn that the little things matter. We need leaders. This world needs leaders desperately. And I'm thankful for every instance where someone steps up and takes the role of a godly leader. And that's what I want our emphasis to be this morning. When we talk about leaders, I'm talking about godly leaders. Leaders like God intended individuals to lead. Let's begin our study. That was all bonus material. Let's begin our study this morning with some definitions of terms. You're welcome for that. Webster's definition of the word thankful, he has several. The first definition is conscious of benefit received, and if we're going to be thankful, we have to understand what that means. and that starts with a consciousness and awareness of receiving a benefit. In James chapter one and verse number 17, this is the young's literal. Most of my scriptures up there will be in King James if, if they're not noted otherwise. In James 117, he says, "Every good giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the lights, with whom is no variation or shadow of turning." It's very imperative, it's very important and necessary that we realize and are conscious that we are receiving good, receiving benefit from God. In order to be thankful, we have to recognize that we've been benefited, that we've received good. And the source of that, that it comes down from above. It comes down from this unchanging God and His unchanging standard that we can be thankful for and we can recognize that. And it's important that we do that. It's important that we understand what it means to be thankful, to be aware that we're being blessed, we're being benefited. To be expressive of thanks. We have this passage in Luke chapter 17, verse number 11 through 19. If you're taking notes or following along in the Scripture, we have ten lepers who were healed By Jesus, they came and they sought Him out, right? You remember the story? And they they sought Him out. And they said, have mercy on us. And He heals them. And they received blessing from Christ. Verse number 15. One individual out of ten is highlighted. It says, when he saw, when he became conscious of this benefit that he'd received... He stopped what He was doing. He turned back. It says with a loud voice, He glorified God. He expressed thanks with a loud voice. And not only did He do that, it says He went and He fell down at His feet. He worshipped Him. He expressed His thanks. He worshipped Him. And it says that He gave thanks at His feet interesting the master's response there he said go your way your faith's made you whole but you know what the focus of christ was in that situation was it's a shepherd's focus i'm 9 short that's what christ saw he looked at the situation shepherd's count i worked on a ranch That's one of the first things I learned. Every time we went out into a different field, how many did you get? First time I got asked that, what's your count? What What are you talking about? What are we? If you own livestock, you're very concerned with that number. What's your count? And Christ said there was 10. And only one of them has come back to give glory to God. What does it mean to be thankful This morning, I want you to examine yourself and your life. Because it's easy to say, oh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the standard. I'm thankful for accountability. I'm thankful for mentorship. I'm mentorship. I'm thankful for leadership. It's easy to say those things. Are you expressive of it? Not just in word, but in deed and in truth. Are you thankful for leadership? third definition that webster gives us to be well pleased in psalms chapter 4 verse number 7 thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time that their corn and their wine increased what makes people happy getting stuff right that's why we love christmas we get stuff but there is a happiness a gladness that's more than that that's deeper than that that comes from above it's a good gift it's a complete gift it's a benefit that we can receive from god Thou has put gladness in my heart. Are you looking this morning, today, are you looking for reasons to be glad, to be joyful? Or are you looking for reasons to complain and murmur? Are you looking for reasons to be down? You can find them if that's what you're looking for, and you can find reasons to be glad. And one of those reasons is the gift of leadership. That ought to make you glad to have a leader Wrong button. That's the one I want. Now we're going over to Thayer's definitions. And this is from the lexicon. This is where we find those uh, instances where the Greek word is translated into English as the word thankful. In Colossians 3 and verse number 15, it's used as an adjective. And Thayer defines it as mindful of favors, grateful, thankful. So to be mindful to to recognize, to be conscious of those blessings you receive. We see that these definitions line up with this sense uh, that we study from Webster. To be grateful, to feel thankful, to give thanks. Now, if you'll notice in Romans chapter 1, verse number 21, the context is that they were not thankful. And that led to a very low of lows. Spiritual deterioration to the nth degree, started at this point of not being thankful. That's how important it is when we talk about being thankful and being grateful this morning, that we are grateful and thankful, that we recognize it, that we express it in not only what we say, but what we do, and that that gives us the kind of gladness and joy that it ought to give us. The suffix ship, because we're talking about being thankful for leadership. Well, what is leadership? Well, this This suffix, ship, means a state or a condition. It means an office. It means a skill. And that's important that we talk about this morning skill because a skill is something that can be developed. A lot of times people think that it's something that you might be born with and you either have it or you don't. And when we talk about skills, skills can be developed. And leadership is a skill. It's something uh, that someone embodies, a quality that they embody or exhibit. It's something that one might be entitled to a specific rank or title. And it's participating in a specified activity. So now insert leading to all of those. And that's what we're talking about this morning. When we talk about leadership. Leadership. It's, it's one of these aspects, and we're going to talk about them in, in different areas. Areas of leadership that apply uh, for our study this morning and that we can make application to. Civil leadership, community leaders in the community, government, etc. The Scripture teaches about that home and the family the structure and the kind of leadership that God wants in the home and in families. The kind of leadership that God has given for the church and His divine leadership itself. And the connection of all of these things. Let's start with the civil leadership. In Romans chapter 13 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Subject to the powers. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. Interesting as he teaches us submission to government. Interesting the type of government that these Roman Christians lived under when they were given these instructions. Interesting the ways that we might try to exempt ourselves from submission to civil authority in this day and age and the excuses that we might give. The Roman government was not known for being a moral government. They were told to be submissive to those governments that were in place. In 2 Peter 2, verse number 10, But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. That's not listed as a positive characteristic, this passage. The fact that they were unafraid to speak evil of dignities... To talk bad about government officials essentially is not a good thing. And what we learn is that these government positions ought to be respected and shown reverence. In Jude 1, verse number 10, he says, But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Well, a lot of times we start talking politics, and it's easy easy, easy to have all the answers when you know a fraction of the questions. And that applies to all areas of leadership. We've got all the answers. We've got it all figured out. We know what they should be doing and why they should do this and not that. And we don't know the half of the decisions that get placed before these individuals and the calls that they have to make and the decisions that I'm thankful that I don't have to make. Are we thankful for leadership? We go back to these definitions. When it comes to civil leadership, are we conscious of the benefits that we receive, or do we just want to complain about paying taxes? And we drive down these, you know, a lot of times nice roads. We enjoy a lot of these services that government provides, and and security, and order, and structure, and those types of things. We ever give any thanks for that, or do we just complain about the negative aspects of it? Are we looking for reasons to be glad, reasons to be joyful, or are we looking for reasons to be negative? Do we express thanks to God? There's no powers those that are ordained of God. We give thanks for the leadership that we have and reasons for joy. We go to the home, and it's important and base building block, really, of so much else in the society around us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 23, we have a simple statement in the Scripture, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. God has given a design for leadership in the home. As we have... This concept of, of a self-test, of self-evaluation this morning, I want each of us to look at our roles, whether we're one who has, God has called to lead or one who God has called to follow or so to, to submit to certain leadership. How are we doing that? Are we just saying thank you for your design? Are we just saying thank you for the gifts that you've given us? Or are we expressing thanks in the way that we live, in the way that we respond to this leadership. Later in verse number 1 of chapter 6, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So we have basic building blocks of family structure and leadership in the home. We think about going back to this self-test. Whose ideology, whose views concerning family structure, and order do we prefer? Do we believe, are we confident and convicted that God's way is the best? Or do we buy into alternate teachings and philosophies when it concerns how how the home ought to be run? Somebody needs to take the lead. Somebody has to be a leader. Wives, do you recognize... A benefit from having a godly leader. A husband whose desire is to serve the Lord and to try to lead his family the way that God would have them go. Do you make that job easier or harder? Are you thankful for leadership that God's put in place? Do you express that to the one leading? Do you express that to the Father in heaven? Are you truly thankful for leadership? You pleased? Is that a reason for joy? If the answers to these questions aren't favorable, then the question that needs to be asked is what needs to change? What change would God have me make? What change would God have us make? Because we ought to glorify God in our homes, the way that our homes are structured, the way that they're run. They ought to follow His design. That ought to be a light to the world. It ought to show the world this way is better. Not just in word, but by example, Indeed, We ought to do that with the way that the home is run and structured. Are we thankful for the leadership and the government that God's put in the home? Are we thankful for the leadership in the church? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 22, speaking of Christ, the Bible says, "...and hath put all things under His feet." and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. The church has a head, and it's Christ. And God designed the church with Christ's leadership. Local congregations, that leadership has gone to and been appointed to shepherds. Use the word elders. Scripture uses the word pastors. King James, the word presbytery. There's some different terminology, bishop, an elder, all those terms used interchangeably in the Scripture. In reference to those individuals, Hebrews chapter 13, and verse number 7, he says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. This is a heavy passage of Scripture. There's a lot of weight in the Scripture, a lot of responsibility given, and a lot of consequences that are are lined out here. And we see in this that the relationship of the leader to those that he's leading and those that are being led need to be led in a way that doesn't make their job harder. We have a lot of self-will, a lot of selfishness in our society. People just want to say, well, I want what's best for me. One of the things that this passage teaches us is that what's best for you is not to make your leader's job hard. Don't make the elder's job hard because that's not what's best for you. So you might want to rethink what's best for you. When you think about what you want, about what you desire, and about whether or not you're going to be submissive, think about what God has told you is best for you. They watch for your souls. Are you thankful for that? Are you thankful to have somebody watch for your soul? If they weren't watching for your soul, who would be? Have you thought about that? When we go to the same slide, did you recognize the benefit of having godly leadership? Or do you just want to nitpick any decision that gets made that you don't like? You just want to complain about things and just wait for something to trip up and go, ah, there it was, see? See? Told you you should have done it my way. Or do you want to be the kind of person that makes that job a joy? That makes that job easier? If you're thankful for leadership in the church, then express that. (coughs) You know, you would have to be blind to not realize the benefits that, that Christ's leadership has in our lives, the benefits that he extends. The more Christ like the leadership is, the more compelling it is for those that follow, to follow that leadership and to submit to that leadership. This goes for the home, this goes for the church, this goes in, in the, the community. And so, as we evaluate ourselves this morning, we need to be careful to to give the proper amount of time. If we're thankful for the leadership in the church, then we need to be a better follower. We need to be a better helper. And we need to start thinking about future generations. And you need to start realizing a simple truth, that the clock keeps ticking time keeps going on and if the Lord wills and time permits Ty and Jerry they won't be here forever who's gonna fill those shoes are you thankful for leadership if you are you better be doing what it takes to keep that leadership going so that the future generations will have a leader A leader that's worked from his youth, like King David, that said, no, the lion's not going to come in here on my watch. If I have to fight a bear, so be it. If you have leaders like that and you're not thankful for them, something is severely wrong. Something needs to change. And so we need to examine our our hearts and our lives and make that determination about what kind of follower that we are, what kind of leader that we are. Because the reality is when we talk about this is that in some way, shape, or form, you will serve in one of those two positions wherever you're at. You'll have that responsibility. As a Christian, you're supposed to be a light to the world. You're supposed to be a leader in the community. So when we talk about things that are civil, you ought to be out there as a leader saying, I know the way. I know somebody. His name's Jesus Christ. He has the way. And have that light shining. And there, there may be those that would come and follow and you may not be at all aware of who that is that's looking to you. But someone is looking at that example. Whatever leadership role that you might be, how are you doing? We talk about God's leadership. One of those definitions of leadership was the right being entitled to a certain rank or position. When we talk about divine leadership, Isaiah the prophet, verse, chapter 45, verse number 18, he says, Thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. The right, entitled to that supreme position, entitled to govern, to make the rules, to determine how things ought to be, to determine what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. He's in that position. In Psalms 100, verse number three Know ye not that the Lord, He is God? It's He that made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Are you thankful for God's leadership? The divine leadership, the kind of God that He is? Are you expressive of thanks? Do you give thanks to God for His leadership, for His guidance, for the standard that we can hold each other accountable to and that we can aid others and counsel others to follow and urge them and plead with them? this morning as we consider ourselves before God, if you're not aware of the benefits that you receive from all of these leadership positions that God has put in place, if you don't express thanks to God and perhaps to those individuals in those roles, if it's not a source of joy, of gladness for you, then you're not thankful for leadership and you ought to be and something needs to change and if something needs to change make those changes make those changes in your life someone might say well I've got the big part down because I'm thankful for God and I'm thankful for his leadership and I'm thankful for Christ and his leadership but you know I don't know you start talking about that government stuff I don't know about that I don't know about that I don't know, I think, I think it should be 50-50 in the home. I think it should just be an equality. It's not what the Scripture says. Are you thankful for the government, for the leadership that God's put in place? In Luke 16, verse number 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. That's what David showed us when he was out tending the sheep. I'm faithful in keeping the sheep that have been given to me. There's a little job in everybody's sight, fairly unimportant, but I did it with everything that I had. And I wouldn't let a lion come in and take a sheep. I wouldn't let a bear come in and take a sheep away. And that kind of individual will be faithful in the big things. So if you're thankful for some of these we might say less significant. Maybe they have a, a lesser impact directly on our lives. But that doesn't mean that we can be unthankful for those authorities that God has put in place. In First John chapter 4, verse number 20, If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love God whom he hath not seen? You see, the reality is, is that if you say, well, I've got the big part down, and I'm not really so sure about some of those other parts, you know, I'm thankful to God for his leadership, but some of that other stuff, maybe we need to look at those verses a little bit more. The reality is, is that God put those offices in place. That leadership is an extension of his leadership. And maybe you don't have the big part down as well as you think you do if you're making statements like this. Maybe if you undermine some of these other authorities, you don't have quite as much respect for God's authority as you would like to believe that you do. And so we need to ask ourselves hard questions And this time that's traditionally set aside for the giving of thanks, when we talk about what we're thankful for, if we're thankful for leadership, then we need to act like it. We need to conduct ourselves like we're thankful for leaders. I'm thankful for leadership because I need a leader. I desperately need a leader. The more that I think I know, the more answer I have, the more responsibility that gets placed on me, the more times I felt like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is here. And there's somebody waiting saying, what's the answer? What, what should I do? And I think, why are you asking me? I don't... But there's somebody that's looking for an answer. You ever feel like you're lost? Like you don't know which way that you ought to go? We have a leader that's shown us In Hebrews 12, verse number 1, he says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, lest ye become weary and discouraged in your souls. We have a leader that showed us the way. I'm thankful because I need a leader. I needed a leader that said, when the hardest times come, That you look right to him and you look right past him to the other side, to the joy that's set before him. And that's how Christ did it. He saw the cross and he saw right what what was on the backside of it. And so, for the joy that was set before him, he endured it, he finished the race. And so, if I ever start thinking, I don't know what to do, if I ever start to get discouraged, if I ever start to get weary, The Scripture tells me God in His wisdom has told me where to get my mind to. Get your mind to Christ and what He endured and how He led so that you don't give up, so that you don't quit, so that you don't faint like the sheep that Jesus looked out upon and He saw them fainting because they didn't have a shepherd, they didn't have a leader. Somebody needs you to step up and to lead. Somebody needs you to do the job that God gave you to do. And you need to do it. And somebody needs you to submit to their leadership. And you need to do it. A leader initiates. A leader starts something. In 1 John 4, verse number 19, the Bible says, we love him because he first loved Us. Did he wait till we were lovable? Did he wait till we loved him first? When they show me the proper respect, when they show me the proper amount of love, then I will love. A leader initiates. A leader leads. Are you a leader? Are you thankful for leadership? Are you taking the leadership role that somebody needs you to take? A leader provides In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 3 says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee to know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. What's this talking about? This is talking about God and his leadership. What does it say? He humbled thee and he suffered or allowed thee to hunger. Wait a minute, that's, that's child abuse, isn't it? If a, if a parent lets a kid get hungry, well, we've got to turn them into the proper authorities. God said He humbled them, that He allowed them to be hungry, to teach them what they really needed to know. I mean, a leader let people endure hardship so they could learn some lessons. God did that to teach one lesson. That man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's important, and a leader provides. And we get so wrapped up in this providing concept, and we provide them, well, they need clothes, and they need food, and they need automobiles, and they need telephones, and they they need every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. They need a spiritual leader. They need someone to teach them about God. Back up to to chapter 6. He said all day long, when you get up in the morning, when you walk around in the daytime, when you lay down at night, it's about these words. That's the kind of provision. That's the kind of leadership that we need on every level. When somebody asks you your opinion out in the community, out at work, You have a chance to be a leader and you have a chance to offer your opinion and you also have an opportunity to say, you know, in the Bible, God says, and let your light shine and show the confidence and the trust that you have in God. You have the opportunity to lead there. Fathers, your children need more than stuff. They need more than food. They need every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. They need the church. They need the church family. And they need you to take the lead. A leader calms. People get all worked up and excited pretty easy. I'm not immune to that. I remember traveling different places with an old preacher and I'd Run into some situation, and I would get fired up, and I would go on a rant, and he would listen to me go on a rant, and, and he would say, "Well, you know, Clint, have you ever thought?" <laughs> and he'd just kind of pull the little fuse out of the bomb and settle. Let's, let's settle down here a little bit. He's a good mentor, a good example, a godly man. That's what we need. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. We need spiritual leaders that when people start to just flip out and go crazy, they say, hey, let's get it together here, people. We believe in God. We trust in God to deliver us. What are we doing here? Let's get focused and let's do what we need to do. Let's respond to this difficulty the way God's instructed us to respond. We need leaders that will do that. We have a lot that just they don't know what to do and they start fanning the flames and it just goes crazy. We need leaders that know how to lead like Christ led. A leader pays the bill. You ever go out to a group uh, to, to, to a meal with a large group of people, and you see one individual say, just, just bring that to me. You know, a lot of times they won't even ask. Sometimes, I know I take my family out to eat, and a lot of times they just walk up to me and they hand me the bill. (laughs) I'd love for them to hand it to one of the kids, you know, just to kind of see how that played out. But they recognize something. I recognize that that large group, when there's an individual that says, just bring that to me, that there's there's a leadership quality there, and that's... Again, when we're talking about paying the bills, I I struggle with the terminology here. I'm talking about providing, I'm talking about doing what's needful, and that's what the Bible's talking about in Ephesians chapter five, verse number twenty-five. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. When I talk about paying the bills, He paid the bill that only He could pay, the ultimate price, and that's what was required of Him. And He said, "Check, please." What about you, husband? I want my wife to submit to me. I want her to reverence me. Is that the kind of leadership that you have? So the more Christ-like the leadership, the more compelling it is to follow the leadership. Acts 20, verse 28, in parentheses down there, he purchased the church with his blood. Pay the price. There's a cost there. Everybody wants to be in charge. Everybody wants to be the leader until the bill comes. What kind of leader are you? What kind of leader do you have? Are you really thankful for leadership? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 15. The Apostle Paul made this statement. He says, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. What kind of leader are you? In the community. God, nobody, cares. nobody realizes how important I am. Nobody realizes how much talent I have how much potential I have. I don't get any respect. I don't get any love, so I'm not going to try. That's not the kind of leadership that the Apostle Paul showed. What kind of leader are you as a husband? Nobody appreciates me. I'm just not even going to put any effort into it. I'm not going to do anything. I will very gladly spend and be spent. Does that sound like grumbling, complaining? Oh, I guess I'll pay for it again. Oh, I guess I'll do that too. And we need to teach. We need to delegate. If you're leading young men, you need to teach them how to become men. We have a world full of men that think they became men because they had a magical birthday. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, when I became a man, I put away childish things. You can't play video games all day and be a man. And get all the bills paid and take care of everything that needs to be done. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. That's what the Apostle Paul said. That's the kind of leader that he was. I will put into it and I will spend and I'll pay the price. I'll pay the bill. Even the ultimate bill. I'll pay that for you. He made an observation. though no, the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Are you thankful for leadership? Think about that statement. That's the kind of leadership that they had and the Apostle Paul, and the more that he loved and the more that he poured himself out for them. I wonder what kind of statements they made about him. I wonder how he observed the less he was loved, the more that he loved. Are you thankful for leadership? I'm thankful for leadership. I recognize how much it's benefited me and I recognize God's, Divine leadership and what kind of terrible mess I would be in. In the absence of that, I have no idea. I can't imagine the extent of it. But I'm grateful that He's given His word, that there's a standard. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that He gave it with His promise that it would be there though heaven and earth pass away and that it would be there on the last day. I didn't have to worry about it changing. I recognize the guidance that it brings to my life. I don't express that to the Father in Heaven nearly as much as I should. I need to be better about that. What about you? I'm not always the kind of leader that I ought to be as a father. Sometimes I complain. Sometimes when it comes time for me to spend and be spent, I say, I'm sick of that. And I need to be better. I'm not always the kind of leader that I need to be the example, that I need to be out in the community. But I'm thankful for leadership, and I'm thankful that there were people that were. I grew up working in an auto shop around an individual who wasn't a Christian individual, and I saw what happened when he hurt himself when a wrench slipped, and how he reacted to that, and that kind of response. And that kind of became my response to that kind of activity. I worked for a farmer who was a Christian, and I watched him smash his thumb one day with a three-pound hammer, and I thought, boy, here it comes. And he dropped the hammer, and he held his thumb for a minute, and he rubbed on it, and there wasn't a sound that ever came out of his mouth. And I know that had to hurt like nobody's business. I've done it. And then he picked the hammer back up and went back to What kind of leader are you? What kind of example do you set? It matters. It makes an impact. I'm thankful for leadership and I'm thankful every time somebody takes up godly leadership. I'm thankful for when leaders that ought to lead when they they don't, that there's somebody else that steps up. You ought to be thankful. You ought to be grateful for that. You ought to make any of those individuals' jobs easier any way that you can. And I hope that you'll be thankful as you need to be. The lesson yours this morning, and I hope that it will provoke you to thought. I hope that it will provoke you to self-examination. I hope that you'll be as thankful as you ought to be to God for His divine leadership and all of the authorities that He's established in the different areas of life. That you'll recognize them, that you'll appreciate them more, that you'll be aware of the benefits that you receive from that leadership that you'll express thanks not only in word but in deed and in action, and that being thankful for the leadership, particularly the leadership in the church, that you will grow to the kind of leader that can step up into a leadership role because sheep need a shepherd. And Christ needs individuals that are the kind of individuals he lays out in his word to shepherd congregations. Will there be any able? Will there be any willing when the time comes?